Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, and we'll start looking in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, and uh, I'll read the whole chapter here. Galatians chapter 1 says this in the Word of God. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me. I like that. Under the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which he have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above mine equals and mine own nation, being more exceeding zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son to me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. <coughs> but other to the apostles saw I none save James the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards, I came to the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was known by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only and was unknown, sorry, but it was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith in which once he destroyed and they glorified God in me. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we just uh, uh, thank you for being a good and merciful and gracious God. And again, Lord, these uh, prayer requests that were brought before us, Lord, we do ask, uh, 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 dear God, that you move, Lord, there were, there were spiritual needs, dear God. We think of loved ones uh, that need to be saved and uh, friends and those that have been a witness to, dear God. Please uh, take the word that they've heard and work in their hearts and convict their hearts. Lord, we pray for uh, uh, not just the spiritual, but Lord, physical needs. Lord, we think of the many that were mentioned tonight. Lord, again, Sister Karen's uh, uh, daughter and sister and Brother Pitt and uh, others, dear God. And uh, Lord, we pray for domestic needs, things going on in the home. We pray for our uh, young people. Lord, just uh, uh, even in school, Lord, uh, help them during this uh, difficult time, uh, Lord, to be able to focus in, in school and move through that. And uh, Lord, we thank you for our young people. And Lord, the things that are going on in their life, even uh, Lord, uh, getting a driver's license. Lord, that's a big step in life. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would bless uh, our, our young people. Continue to be with Sister uh, uh, Angela, Lord. We just pray for her and uh, this baby. And Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, for the babies that have uh, come into this uh, uh, church in, in the last uh, year or two. Lord, we thank you uh, 
for, for that. And uh, Lord, we just confess we need you tonight. We desire you tonight, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to teach us and guide us through your word. Lord, we want to love you. We want to love the word of God. Lord, we want to love one another. And Lord, we want to love the, the souls of men. So Lord, uh, again, we yield ourselves and commit ourselves to thee that in everything, God, you'd get the glory and use it to build your church. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, we look at, uh, you know, it says to the churches in of Galatia. And uh, uh, Galatia was a, uh, was a Roman uh, province, but there was also a smaller area known as Galatia uh, that had been uh, founded by uh, a group known as the, the, the Gauls, or also known, I think, as the Celtics, uh, uh, that they'd come down uh, from Europe. And uh, Paul went through this province on his missionary journeys. Let me read a couple of verses from Acts where it talks about him uh, being in this area. Acts 16, 6 says, Now when they had gone throughout uh, Phrygia and the region of Galatia and for, were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Acts 18, 23, And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order. I like this, strengthening all the disciples. I like that. That was one of my verses in uh, uh, my last uh, ministry there, strengthening all the disciples, right? Amen. We should be, we, we want to do that as, uh, as preachers, but we also want to do that, amen, uh, as believers to one another, be a, a strength and a help uh, to one another. And uh, Galatians was written in approximately 55 A.D. And uh, the key word probably uh, in this book is liberty, amen, uh, liberty, the liberty that we have in Christ. So this, in this book, Christ is seen as our great liberator, amen? And uh, he, de uh, he delivered us from a lot of things, right? He delivered us from sin, as we'll see there, but he also, as, as this book talks about, he delivered uh, us uh, from uh, the law. Thank the Lord for that. And so the spiritual thought of this book is come to Christ for liberty and power, amen? Come to Christ for liberty and power, amen? Uh, get out of the old bondage of religion, and come to Christ for liberty and power. But of course, uh, one of the main reasons he wrote this book is because of those Judaizers, right? Oh, man, those people always messing something up, had come in and trying to convince these Gentile uh, uh, believers that uh, they need to be circumcised and they need to pay attention to the law. And it's amazing that there's still uh, people like that today. You know, uh, I don't know what you know about, uh, you know, Seventh uh, Day Adventists. You know, it's amazing how they say, well, there's nothing in the Bible about the first day of the week. I'm like, well, where are you reading, amen, uh, first day of the week? Uh, but, you know, uh, but, but it, it, you know, one advantage, I guess, uh, I remember in, uh, when I was in Germany, one of the, the guys that was starting the military work, um, he, he, he was able to rent a Seventh-day Adventist church because they didn't have service on Sunday. <laughs> so I preached at a Seventh-day Adventist church, but on Sunday, <laughs> right? I, I preached for him. And, uh, but, you know, I'm thinking, but, you know, they, they emphasize the law and all those things. Man, I'm glad. We don't have to worry about that. We're not after about the, the law. And of course, the problem with teaching like that and any teaching that adds anything to the gospel, and the reason it's, it's so dangerous is because it, it, it implies or teaches that uh, the work of Christ was not sufficient, that Christ alone in what he did through his shedding of blood and death, burial, and resurrection was not sufficient enough, amen, to give us salvation and to cure our salvation and give us eternal uh, security. So, you know, uh, we can't take those things like, well, you know, they're closed, but they believe a little different. No, uh -uh. Uh, you know, some of these things are very important. So this is a very doctrinal book. 
right? And emphasizes the important doctrine that, you know, Christ's work alone, amen, is sufficient uh, to bring us salvation and secure us in all those things. So uh, in Galatians, we see Paul was not only a man that was fired up to preach the gospel, but he was also fired up about defending the gospel, right? And we need to be fired up about uh, both. We need to be fired up about getting the gospel out, but we also need to be fired up about defending the gospel when we come into people that would try to, uh, 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 you know, uh, maybe people that we've witnessed to or people we're trying to help and people come in, they slip in and uh, try to, to try to confuse their mind. And we need to be willing to, to, to stand strong. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm kind of an easygoing guy, but man, when I, when I get into people about that, I can, you know, uh, get wound a little bit. And we should, what we believe, we should believe strong uh, about and be willing to defend it. So our generation, we certainly uh, have the responsibility, of course, not just to get the gospel out, but to, to defend it uh, when necessary. And so in this book, Paul declares clearly, right, that God's message is a message of grace, is one of grace. And so, uh, so but not only does Paul uh, declare here that it's a message of grace, but then he, he, he tells or demonstrates how that message of grace impacted his life. And uh, uh, as an example, uh, look at verses 13 and 14, right? He talks about his life beforehand. He says, verses 13 and 14, if you have heard of my conversation, my manner of life, right? That's what conversation means. Manner of life and time passed in the Jews' religion. He said, I know what it means to be religious, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation, being more exceeding zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Just a pause there. I notice he says, boring, exceeding zealous. You know, uh, we may not have agreed, but before Paul got saved, we may not have agreed with what he believed. We may not have agreed with what he was doing. But, you know, I just want to say one thing. Hey, uh, uh, I, I have more respect uh, uh, for somebody that, hey, maybe doesn't believe like I do. Not that I agree with them. Not that they don't need to get saved. But at least whatever they believe, they believe it strongly. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I say that about the, uh, the Bible. You know, okay, you know, a lot of, I, I have people I know and you know, they give me a, a hard time about, about the King James Bible. They, oh, Jeff, you know, and, and I said, but you know what? I said, you know what? I, I, I'd have more, res I certainly wouldn't agree with you, but I'd have more respect with you if you at least, if you're going to say you don't take the King James and you chose a different version, at least if you say, well, this is the one I pick or this is the one I, I think's right. Hey, I may not agree with you, but at least if you took a stand on something, then saying, well, you know, whatever, you know, then having some wishy-washy attitude uh, uh, towards something, you know, at least I can have a respect for somebody that, uh, uh, you know, because, hey, you know, a lot of times when I, when I'd witness to people and they, they say, well, I believe this, I, I had to ask them questions, different questions. I'd say, well, uh, what you believe, do you believe it's worth dying for? Or are you to believe it's for everybody? And you know what they'd say a lot of times? Well, this is my truth. <laughs> my truth. You know, that's, that's the new thing. Well, this is, you know, this is what, what works for me. And I'm like, no, 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 it ain't going to work for you. It ain't going to work for anybody else. Amen. But, you know, and they couldn't even take a strong stand on even what they said they 
uh, believed when they uh, disagreed. But thank God uh, uh, that when uh, uh, Paul, he was exceeding zealous for the wrong thing, but thank God when he got saved, he became exceeding zealous for the right thing. So amen, thank God we have the privilege of having the right thing tonight, that we know the truth. But hey, let's be exceeding zealous for it, amen? Let's be willing to declare it and defend it like Paul did. So he, he, he said, hey, listen, this is a message of grace. And he says, this is what I was in verses 13 to 14. But look at verses 15 16. But when it pleased God, I like that, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen immediately, I confer not with flesh and blood. So verses 13 and 14, we see the religious man, and he was an exceeding zealous religious man. But thank God in verses 15 and 16, we see the regenerated man. And then thank God he was finally exceeding zealous for the right thing. And of course, he shows a good example of an effective way to witness. You see, he, he, he declared that it was a message of grace, and then he, show, he, he, he gave the example of how that message of grace affected his life. And again, that's what I'd say to people that say, well, I don't believe what you believe. I believe this. I say, well, okay, well, tell me how it's impacted your life. Tell me how it's transformed your life. Tell me how it's changed your life and why you want to be on the rooftop and tell everybody. And they go, well, uh, you know, uh, then they sort of get wishy-washy about it. Hey, listen, I'm glad I can tell people uh, what I believe and I can tell them, right? I can clearly tell them what I believe. And I can clearly tell them how it affected my life. I can clearly tell them how it transformed my life. And I can clearly tell them why, yes, this is uh, uh, for everybody. And that's what Paul uh, is saying there. A great way to listen. present the gospel clearly to somebody and then be quick to clearly tell them how this truth has transformed your life and that it'll do the same for them. All right, in verse 1, let's look there. Paul. And look, immediately he gets to the point. Paul, an apostle, but not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So here, Paul makes clear his authority and position as an apostle is not of men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Why? Because they, they questioned his, oh, who, who told you this? Oh, Paul, oh, Paul. Well, let me tell you a few things about Paul. You know, you ever run into, run into those people? But here, notice in this chapter, Paul clarifies some things. One, he clarifies his calling is not of man, right? Verse one, my calling is not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. He wants them to know that, amen, his apostleship, his calling was not of man, but of God. Then he clarifies next that his message was not of men. So verse 1, he clarifies his calling was not of man. Verse 12, notice, well, verse 11 and 12, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, listen, I want you to know my calling is not of men, but of God. My message is not of men, but of God. And then he, then he goes on even to say, the authority that I have is not of men, but of God. Look at verse 17. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. In other words, hey, I'm an apostle, they're apostles, but hey, it's not because they laid their hands on me or I sat there at their feet, amen, that I have this position or the authority of God. 
right? Uh, but I went into Arabia and returned again in Damascus. He's talking about the time that he spent out there uh, with God. And it's believed God uh, uh, revealed uh, uh, things, uh, things to him. But uh, he says, listen, uh, what I have, my calling, my message, my authority is not of men. And I like that. He, went, he was bold and wasn't ashamed to declare, right, uh, that his office came from God, his message came from God, and whatever uh, authority he has came from God. And you know what? We should never be ashamed or intimidated to declare, listen, never be ashamed or intimidated to declare what you have in Christ and what you have by Christ, amen? What he did in you and what he's never done. Never be ashamed to declare that. Hey, uh, I'm not ashamed to declare that on May 19th, 1987, I got saved, amen? I'm thankful for that. And I'm not ashamed to declare that on July 6th, 1987, God called me into the ministry. Hey, I'm not a, I'm not, a, I'm not intimidated to say I'm saved by the grace of God, and I am not intimidated to say I am what I am by the grace of God. Hey, listen, uh, that God, for whatever reason, chose to put uh, me in the ministry, and uh, I, I, I'm not afraid to uh, tell that to, to some uh, somebody. And you shouldn't be afraid to tell, Amen. Uh, what Christ has done in your life, right? You know uh, the Bible. The Bible reveals and makes it clear and specific, right, that there is a specific call to the ministry, right? Uh, there is a specific call to the ministry. And, uh, you know, because I hear some people, you know, say, ah, oh, these people that say they're called to be missionaries or called to a specific place. You know, I mean, I hear, I hear preachers say that, right? I'm like, what, you're not called? You just decided, hey, uh, you couldn't get a real job, so you went in the ministry? <laughs> is that why you're, why you're in the ministry or what? Hey, listen, uh, no, listen, uh, uh, believe me. Uh, I, I would not uh, be standing here today if I didn't believe it was God's call upon my life. I'd have never gone overseas because, believe me, a lot of times the only thing that will keep you uh, on the mission field or keep you where you're at is knowing that that's the call of God upon your life. And at that moment, you're in the will of God for your life. So uh, uh, you, better, you better know that. I'll give you some of those verses. Of course, we all know Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And he gave some. Right. He passed. He gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and some pastors uh, and teachers. Now, again, we know there's no there's no more the office of the big A. Right. Uh, what I call the big A apostle. But there were all we're all supposed to be little what I call little A apostles because the Bible uses the word apostle in the Bible besides just the office. And it was, the word apostle just means one sent out. So we, we weren't sent out in the sense of having the authority that the, the, those with the office of the apostle have, but we're still set out, amen, in that sense and have the commission to go. First Timothy 1.12, Paul said, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Thank God he put, for those he put in the ministry and enabled them. Hebrews 5.4 is a good, good verse for this. Of course, he's talking about uh, uh, the office of uh, a priest and such, but he's talking about offices ordained of God. And I think you can even use this verse in this context. Hebrews 5.4 says, No man taketh this honor unto himself. And you know what? It is, it is an honor to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an honor to be in the ministry. That doesn't mean people in the ministry are, are, are better than anybody else, uh, but it is a, a, a very position to be thankful for, uh, that God would, would, would allow you to be in the, the ministry full time. No man take this honor in himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. And so uh, thank God. Uh, for those that, uh, those that have uh, uh, been called into the ministry. So Paul said, hey, I want you to know there was a clear call upon my 
life. And you want, because he has to establish that authority because he's getting ready to debate. Amen. The message of God. And then it says the church is of Galatia. And I know some place it says the church and such place, but I'm glad here it uses uh, plural churches of Galatia because I, I'm still amazed so many people still don't get the local church. I don't understand why. And I think some purposely try to overlook it, right, uh, uh, because they, they don't want that spiritual accountability. The other, the other night I, I, uh, I, I preached at a friend's at my church in New York, and I was preaching on something else, but all of a sudden I, I just sort of hit on the local church and I, I got talking about the authority of the church and, and being submitted to the authority of the church and, and the pastor and all those things like that. And I don't know why, but I, I just sort of blasted a few, a few things. But I, I don't know why, I went in my, my notes, but for whatever got me to And then the pastor told me later, says, uh, listen, they're going to they're gonna think I told you what to say because uh, somebody, somebody uh, 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 came. Well, actually, it's kind of funny. It's, it's the guy's uncle. Uh, the uncle's a millionaire, and he says, I don't believe in tithing. I don't believe in the authority of the church. I don't believe in the authority of the pastor. And came and told him that the other day. And his uncle was sitting there, right? And so I said, well, amen, amen. Uh, I, I didn't know that, but I'd, I'd do it even if I didn't know it, amen. But I, on purpose, you should never purposely blast somebody. But hey, uh, I said, well, uh, that's good. Because, you know, uh, it's good that God brings somebody in to give that second witness. Because, man, I know, I know people that I, I've talked to, and I said, I try to show them something, show them something, show them something, and they sort of uh, uh, ignore it. And then all of a sudden, they'll go hear somebody else, or they'll listen to some video or some podcast of somebody preaching. They'll come and say, oh, man, preacher, guess what I learned the other day? And, and I won't say, I don't, I don't go, well, man, I've been trying to tell you that fear. I say, well, praise God, brother. I'm glad you learned something. Amen. You know, but, uh, uh, but it says, and then I've heard people say that, you know, uh, uh, well, that, you know, they, they teach the, you know, the universal church or they think uh, uh, the local church, maybe one local church in an area or something like that. But here we see that, hey, uh, here was an area that had several local churches. And so I think that's important to understand. And uh, I always uh, emphasize uh, uh, that. I think, again, I know I, I, that's one of the most important things people can get. Get the local church and you'll be solid. Get missions. Amen. And you always have that fire burning. So an important thing to note, it says churches of Galatia, several uh, local churches in that uh, province, in that area. And then it goes on to, on to say, oh, not going to get through this, but uh, uh, verse four says, talk, well, verse three, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, verse four, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us, look at this, from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. What a great verse. Look at this. Let's look at this verse again. Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, notice that statement. And then it also goes on to say this, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So here we see some good things in this verse. We are delivered by a person, not a process. Religion is a process, amen? Salvation is a person. So notice here, Christ delivered us from sin, guaranteeing our eternal blessing. But he also delivered us from this present world that we might enjoy present blessings and live a life, amen, of Christian liberty and victory. Of course, we know these verses, uh, Titus 2, 11 and 12 say this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, verse 12, teaching us. 
You see, but there's a lot more to this thing of grace than just salvation. You know, we use Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace are you saved. That's not, I don't think that verse is just telling you you get saved by grace, but it's saying you're saved. You're still saved by grace. That's not only how you got saved, but that's the reason you're still sitting here today. Amen. Listen, I got to admit, I did stupid before I got saved and I've done stupid since I got saved. Amen. And uh, thank God, amen, that it is all of grace, all of grace, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly where? In this present world. So what does this teaching? This teaching has the thought that, you know, we all know that. Is it, is it, um, is it Proverbs 22, 6, right? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. This teaching has that same thought of training up a child. It, this word has this thought, to bring up a child, to educate, it's used of activity directed toward the moral and spiritual nurture and training of the child to influence his conscious, his will, and his actions. And that's what the grace of God wants to do in our life, right? We're born, in, we're born into the family of God as what? As babes, as children. We're children of God. And the grace of God through the word of God and spirit of God wants to educate us. It wants to, to direct us, right, in, the, in the, the right direction morally. It wants to nurture us spiritually, right? It wants to influence our conscience, our will, and our actions. That's what the grace of God wants to do in our life. Like a child, right? Right? It says, it says that, uh, uh, look at that verse again, verse 12 of uh, Titus 2. Denying, you see the word denying? And that we should live, right? So what's it telling us? That like a child, we are taught to, what to stop doing and what to start doing, right? Deny this, right? Stop doing this. And then live this. Start doing this. That's what we have to learn as Christians. Because again, too many Christians think they're doing right because they're not out there doing bad, Right? Well, I didn't, I didn't go out and uh, drink today. I didn't go to the, the, the dance hall. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Okay, I know everything you didn't do, but what did you do? <laughs> Amen. What did you do? Right? Stop doing and start doing. That's what we learn as a Christian. That's what the grace of God wants to teach. The Holy Spirit, right? The grace of God will teach us what to, the, the grace of God and the word of God will teach us what to stop and what to start. And then the Holy Spirit, amen, and the fact and Christ in us will give us the power to stop this and to start that. So uh, uh, what, 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 what we see here, what we need to understand, look again at verse 4 of Galatians 1. I'm not going to finish this, but I want to get this thought through. Look at who gave himself for our sins, right? We see that thought. Why? That he might deliver us. From this, so it says he forgave us our sins, and then it also goes on to say that he might deliver us from some things. So we must. So here's what we need to understand: we not only need to understand the content of the gospel, the content of the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, this is the gospel: the shed blood and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the content of the gospel. But not only do we need to understand the content of the gospel, we need to understand the intent of the gospel. Right? Uh, this is the content. This is what the gospel is, plus nothing, minus nothing. This is what, right? 
the, the, the gospel is. And then this is the intent of the gospel. This is what it wants to do in our life. Amen. It wants to forgive us of our sin, like it says there. But not only does it want to get, forgive us of our sin, it wants to show us how to live in this life till we get to the next life. And so, uh, of course, uh, many lost people, what's the problem? They, they don't understand the content of the gospel, right? We want lost people to understand the content of the gospel. Now, we're saved because we understood what? The content of the gospel. But I'm afraid many believers, though they understood the content of the gospel, they don't understand and appreciate the intent of the gospel, Right. And that's what we want people to understand. Hey, this is the kind of the gospel. This will save you. And then, right, this is the intent of the gospel. Amen. Uh, uh, to help you, uh, 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 you. When you get saved, you're placed in Christ and Christ is in you. And now uh, uh, you, you've been delivered uh, from the power of sin. And now uh, Christ wants to live through you that new in that new man. Right. And so this is the intent of the gospel once you get saved. And so we want people to not understand the content of the gospel. Verse four there, uh, 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 who gave himself for our sins, right? And that he might deliver us. So we see the, the content and the intent of the gospel. That's what Paul wants them to understand. The gospel is deliverance from sin and its power. And now that it delivers you from sin and its power, now Christ can live through you and be the power you need to enjoy biblical spiritual liberty. Remember, salvation is not keeping something like the law. Salvation is being kept by something. Amen. I'm not keeping something. Something is keeping me, right? Something is keeping me by the power of the resurrection. So grace means I depend on God's ability. And this is what he's trying to tell him. Hey, you want the law? Well, grace means you depend on God's ability to do something. And if you want to go by the law, then you're, that means you're depending on your ability to do something. So one is not saved by making God's promises. One is saved by believing the promises of God. God. Well, I didn't get as far as I want. I'll stop right there. I'll uh, get on another thought there. But that's an important thought to understand. Amen. This message of grace, helping people understand what the content is of the gospel, what the intent of the gospel is, sharing with people clearly that it is. Amen. This is the message of grace. You want to tell people? And then let me tell you how this message of grace has affected my life and impacted my life. Let's pray.